your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. To save his life, call his wife in Nothing to say, but what a day How's your boy been? Good morning! Nothing to do, Let's go, 4 o'clock I've got nothing to say, but it's okay Good morning at 4 a.m. McMonagle here with you on the Overnights One last hour of our five-hour midnight ride As I'll take you to Jerry and Al And the warm-up show at 5 o'clock Leading into Boomer and Geo at 6 as we wake up and get our Wednesday started. And if you haven't heard, if you're just waking up now, if it is a good morning to you at 4 a.m., you might not be aware that the Raiders made the move and fired coach Josh McDaniel and GM David Ziegler, for that matter. And Antonio Pierce, current linebacker coach and now current interim head coach, former Giant linebacker, Super Bowl champion, leader of that team, is now going to make his NFL head coaching debut against the New York Giants on Sunday. And then against the Jets, just in time for both teams, amazingly enough. And, you know, it's weird timing, but I guess, you know, he just had enough. You know, Davis just had it. Mark Davis just had enough. I mean, you remember, uh, they get embarrassed by the Bears 30-12. to uh, you know that famous I th- was that the game? No, that was, it was what primetime game was it? Where he's bad mouth. You get he gets caught on video, bad mouthing the coach, and that becomes a topic. It sounds it looks like he calls him an effing idiot or something. He's you know that becomes a storyline, and then they get embarrassed by the the Bears, and then against the Lions again with the whole world watching on Monday Night Football, the Lions just absolutely toy with them. I watched a lot. I watched all of that game. They were absolutely toying with them. And Garoppolo was terrible. And Adams is throwing his helmet on the sideline. He's being he's wide open and Garoppolo's overthrowing him by 25 yards. I it's some of the worst. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen someone so wide open be so overthrown in my life. He's got him, he's got it behind the defense. Another time he throws it out of bounds. Garoppolo has been absolutely awful. This team has been absolutely awful. They got, you know, beat by Badgent, making his, you know, I believe that was his NFL uh, debut. It, well, you know, it's funny because we made fun of the Jeff Saturday thing last year. What's yeah. worse, losing that game to Saturday or Badgent in his first NFL start at a Shepherd University? Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I mean, we know how terrible a coach he is. We knew it the, the minute he was hired, we knew this was destined for failure. I don't know how the Raiders didn't see it. I don't know how Mark Davis didn't see it. But we knew this was thing was just heading for an absolute colossal failure because he's a terrible head coach. He's a terrible head coach. And it didn't work with him in Carr, so he moves on from Carr, and they bring in Jimmy G, and he's just as bad, if not worse. I don't think Carr is any good, and he's had his moments, I suppose, with New Orleans, but... He's just not a good coach. Fliegelman was giving me the numbers on his even offensive coordinator. You know, I mean, obviously years being a successful offensive coordinator for Bill Belichick working with Tom Brady. And, you know, every year his offense is in the top 10. 
in uh, points scored. But if you look at every other year he's been outside that, obviously as a head coach, it's been an out-and-out disaster for both in both spots in Denver and for the Vegas Raiders. Uh, he was an offensive coordinator for the Rams in the year they were the worst offense in football. Like He's just an awful head coach. And you know what bothers me the most about him? What bothers me the most about him is he freaking ruins the visor look. He ruins it. All right, I I I like I love rocking visors. I still I rock my visor a lot, and this guy just looks like an absolute doofus in it. And he's given the visor a bad name. That's really what bothers me the absolute most. He's given the visor a bad name, but it just you know in all seriousness, it was just time. I mean, look, it's perfect timing. Me and Fleetwoman live on air went right to our sports books. Down Giants money line. Hey, the Giants better win this game Giants on Sunday. Giants better win this game on Sunday. I'm telling you right now. The line was two and a half. I I, I would imagine. I think the line's absolutely going to move. I I guess there's a chance it moves the other way, and we're stupid, and people think that you know without the head coach they'll be better. But I think just so much dysfunction and the idea that you know Antonio Pierce and Aiden O'Connell. And I mean, it, as bad as I mean, Jimmy G was, right? I mean, come on. It sounds. I guess that's not official. It's only four o'clock in the morning. I don't know. Uh, but there are reports it's only, that... It's 1 o'clock in Vegas. Nobody's asleep in there, Vegas. There, one. That's a good point. I'll be there. In, I'm going to be there in two weeks. I'm going to be there for the, the begin. Uh, I'm not going to stay for the Jet game, but I'm going to be there the weekend of the Jet game. Um, and FanDuel still has it up at 2.5. 2.5. We'll see. We'll see if that line moves. It was 2.5 Giants plus 2.5 on the road in Vegas. I like that bet before all of this. Saquon Barkley's back. He wasn't traded. That's the other story of the day. Uh, no nothing trade deadline from both our franchises. Jets don't move anybody. When it sounded like they could have moved Lawson or Cook, both of those stay put. They don't acquire anyone. They do not acquire an offensive lineman, which is a need, which is a very difficult task. Nobody thought they would, quite honestly. One lineman in uh, Ezra Cleveland was 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 moved. That's about it. Um. No wide receivers acquired. Really a quiet deadline overall, except maybe the Dobbs move, Chase Young, and Montez Sweat uh, leave Washington. But for the Giants, they don't trade anybody else. Leonard Williams the other day, and that's it. What I thought would hopefully spurn a trade movement inside this team and would hopefully have them moving every available asset. Now, you heard yesterday that a Dory Jackson and his contract would be a problem considering how he's played and it's, there's a deadline for restructuring, which the new team wouldn't be able to do. So it just felt like, you know, yesterday the story was that wasn't going to be a fit. Um, but ultimately, I wanted them to trade Saquon Barkley. I've been on the trade Saquon Barkley train for a long time. When you have a dead season and you have a guy who is a talent and someone you could, you know, bring value to your team that you didn't give a fr- that you gave a franchise tag to, that you did not need deem worthy of giving a long-term contract to. And I know they offered him a contract. That's fine. They offered him a contract halfway through last year. Didn't take it. They offered him a contract in this offseason. He didn't take it. But they offered Daniel Jones a contract, and when he said, no, not enough, they said, okay, sir, how how can I help you? What do you need, $40 million a, a year? Sure, no problem. Let's just get this thing done. Would we, can we please? And when Saquon Barkley said, no, I need more money, they said, fine, here's the franchise tag. That's their decision. 
They made that decision. And now he's a year older, another year of missing multiple games with an injury. And I think we can eliminate the whole fast healer thing. Not that he's a slow healer, but he's certainly not a miracle healer. I mean, they played that game all year long. He still took three, four weeks. It's not like he was back in a week. I mean, how many how many years of losing? How many games missed? Like, I, I just don't see a pathway of him being a real part of the long-term future of this team. Sure, next year there's the path of franchise tagging. Sure, absolutely. And I think now, having not trade him, you can't just allow him to leave for nothing. Or maybe, I guess, uh, you know, you have to give him the franchise tag. So I'm assuming he's going to be part of this team next year, too. But how good do I expect the Giants to be next year? I know it's the NFL. You can have quick turns around, turnarounds. You know, hopefully they can fix the offensive line. The defense on is you know, kind of improving here. You've got some young, talented pieces that aren't going anywhere. But ultimately, this giant team was staring at another dead season. It's two and six. They can't beat the Jets. You know, I mean, like I, I don't know exactly what I'm expecting next year after another dead season, right back to the bottom dregs of the NFL. Suddenly they're going to turn it around. They would have been better off moving him, getting a draft pick. If Montas, if Montas Sweat can get you a second-round pick from the Bears, Saquon Barkley can get you a second-round pick. And what's worst of all, there were reports that they didn't even entertain it. They wouldn't answer the phone. That is, that, that is malpractice as far as I'm concerned. You have to at least be willing to hear what the, the Baltimore Ravens of the world are willing to give you for Saquon Barkley. You have to at least listen. Like the idea, I, I don't know if it's coming down on from on high and John Mara, who sees him as the face of the franchise, and I was taking calls on it yesterday. He's the only reason I would watch. If he gets traded, what's the point? How bad would this offense be? I mean, they can, they're, in, they're the worst offense in the league. <laughs> How much worse are you really worried about it getting? But I suppose with Daniel Jones' returning, Andrew Thomas's return, you expect this offense to pick up. And without Saquon Barkley, you don't have much of an offense, but they don't have much of a season. So for me, it was time to move on, get some draft picks. And I and I just can't imagine they're not answering the phone. To me, this was a it's probably an edict from on high from this owner who has been vocal before about being fair to players he felt have been mistreated, for lack of a better term. Because when they hired Brian Dable, I remember very famously the press conference, we've done everything we can to ruin Daniel Jones. We did everything we could have to ruin Daniel Jones. Right? Because obviously it was his his fourth-year option was coming up. What should they do? What's the future of quarterback? It's obviously the most important question a franchise can ask. You've just hired a new GM. So that was the topic. And the owner was, hey, man, if we only if we only did this kid right, I still believe he'd be phenomenal. Well, when I hear ruined, I think ruined. To me, the lesson from ruining Daniel Jones is don't ruin the next guy. But this owner likes to make sure guys get a fair shake, and I respect that, but NFL isn't a sentimental business. And while Daniel Jones proved it, I suppose, had a great year last year, earned a contract that I'm sure they wish they could undo at the moment, Saquon Barkley has been mistreated, for lack of a better term. Saquon Barkley has been talented. 
Saquon Barkley has been good enough to be a part of a winning team. But unfortunately, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's the quarterback play, whether it's his injuries and his ineffectiveness during years recovering from injury, this team has done nothing but lose with Saquon Barkley. So I'm I'm surprised that the fans are clamoring for it like he's some sort of, you know, remembrance of when the Giants were great. The Giants have never been good with Saquon Barkley. He has never impacted winning on a, on a real scale. You're seeing what last year was a little bit, and a little bit of an overachieving team that had a lesser schedule and figured out a way to win nine games. And ultimately, I'm looking to build for the future. And Saquon Barkley, it's hard for me to fathom, a seventh-year running back already having an ACL injury, missing games year after year, is somehow the part of the long-term future. Who I could get with, with a with a second pick, with a second-round pick, he can be part of the long-term future. So I think the Giants made a major mistake not trading Saquon Barkley. But he is here. And they are moving forward. And they will play the Vegas Raiders on Sunday with Antonio Pierce as the head coach, amazingly enough. And the Jets will get him in two weeks after a Monday night with the Chargers. And we'll start to really get into those games as we get further along this week. But right now, we take your phone calls, 877-337-6666. Frank in Kings Point. What's up, Frank? Hey, Chris. What's going on, brother? What's really up, like buddy? You? How are you? Good, good. I, I I couldn't agree with you more on your take on Jones and Barkley. Uh, I think Jones was actually ruined the day they drafted him. He stinks, man. I mean, huh. let's just be honest. The, guy, well, the guy's terrible. You know, I don't know stinks. about it. He's, he's, not, he's not very good. He's not very. He's not good enough. I'm still not sold on him. I think he's talented. Um, I think he's capable. I don't think he is good enough to be the reason for a, a team really winning year in and year out. Like for me, when I think of a franchise quarterback, yes, you want to win Super Bowls, but you want to be good year in and year out. You want to be a playoff team year in and year out. You want to you want, you want to win ten to twelve games every single year because you have that quarterback. And Daniel Jones is not that. Daniel Jones is not that. Agreed. Uh, in terms of Barkley, Chris, why do you, I mean, in your heart of hearts, like, why do you think he wasn't traded? Do you think Mara will come out and actually say why he wasn't traded? I mean, what, what I do you think, think happened behind the I, I think they, they consider him the face of the franchise. I think they do put an emphasis on winning games. I, I don't think they like the idea of, without Saquon Barkley, what this offense would look like, because they got a glimpse of it. I know Andrew Thomas wasn't healthy either. But they did get a little bit of a glimpse of what this offense looks like without Saquon Barkley. And they don't want to lose all these games down the stretch. John Mara is tired of losing, so that's one. And then the other yeah. thing is there is a pathway for him to be a part of the team next year at least. right? It's not like he's a free agent where they'd have to give him a contract. They do have the, 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 the advantage of being able to tag him for a second year. Considering what the running back numbers are, it's still a reasonable number for someone who's such a focal point of the offense. So... One, they hate the idea of losing. The Maras are tired of losing. They're not interested in it. And the last thing they want to do is throw more slop for their fans at 2-6. and six. They probably don't think the season's over at 2-6. and six. They're looking at the schedule ahead and saying, hey, we could beat the Raiders. Hey, we can beat the Patriots. Hey, we can beat the Packers. Hey, we can beat the Rams. Like, that's what they're looking at. And they're thinking, hey, maybe we have a chance inside this crappy NFC. But I certainly don't want to feel like this offense is absolutely miserable without Saquon Barkley. And plus, it's not like we're losing him. We could franchise tag him next year. 
and then I suppose you you possibly could trade him halfway through next year. But do I want another dead season? That's what like now to me like that argument about maybe being able to move him next year as well. Like I don't want to have this season. I want to be a winning team next year at least on some level. I don't want to be ha- I don't want the season to be dead at the trade deadline come Halloween. The season's dead now where it makes sense. I want to chase wins if I'm in it. I'm not in it. So how many years in a row do I expect not to be in it with Saquon like I'm it just doesn't make any sense to me. It never did. Like quite honestly, it just ne- it it didn't make any sense for me to keep to give uh Jones a contract. It just it's th- Winning last year changed the direction of this whole rebuild into now something where they have did it. Right? And and now I'm not sure what the hell we have. We thought we answered the question about the quarterback. I suppose we have the rest of this year to really know for sure. But he's already got the contract. Like I think maybe that's part of it too. Like they I, I you know, on some level. They want to know whether they should duck out of this Jones contract as soon as they can. And without Barkley, it's impossible to honestly know that. I don't know. There's probably a myriad of reasons. But namely, they're tired of losing. I think the Maras are tired of losing. And they know that that's what they're in store for if they trade Saquon Barkley. They know it. And so they don't want to do it, even if it is for the betterment of the team long term. Brett in Long Island. What's up, Brett? Good morning. It's a beautiful day. I feel a lot better today. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm not going to yell today. I'm going to try to have a conversation. Well, listen, that's what I'm saying. You can yell, but when it's but after you, you can't just yell for five minutes straight. You gotta, you get, we gotta have a back and forth. Yeah, but I feel like you hang up then. That's I what, don't. Uh, Everyone started not, when I, I used don't to hang talk up. to Francesa when I made some good points. Yeah. He would twist the narrative and hang up on me. So he like created what I've become as a caller. Yeah. Um, but you don't do that. You do. You do go back and forth. But I'll just say this. Yeah. He's uh, Saquon Barkley is on a franchise tag. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't cost you anything right now. We know this. Like they disrespected uh-huh. him. It's right? not money. Last no, it doesn't cost you money. Last year, he more than earned his way through. Right. No question. He was like almost fifteen hundred all-purpose yards. More than that. No right? question. Had a great had a great right. year. Was the driving force of the offense. Until right, late so, in the season so and the playoff game. Time, yeah. So how many times have we watched a player mm-hmm. that doesn't earn their contract that we criticize and we want them to move? We got a guy who's basically the face of that team. I remember I talked to why do you go watch the Giants? It used to be Daniel Jones, right? Right. Last year and Saquon Barkley. Those were the two guys that were sure. putting the kids in the seats, right? My friend's kids have, have the 26 jerseys. That's what they have. Right. Right? That's mm-hmm. what they have. I was around Halloween yesterday. I was out trick-or-treating with the kids. I had a Giants jersey on. And uh, actually, I had a Eli Manning. But uh, these little kids, ah. they were like probably 10 years old. They're like, Saquon, Saquon. Yeah, do you know why you, that's my point. I get you. But do you know why you had an Eli Manning jersey on? Why? Because he won two Super Bowls. That's why. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, my, that's but right. You get my point, though, right? Yeah, Saquon, do you get mine? I had these 10-year-old kids. Yeah. Well, we're talking about Saquon. I had these 10-year-old kids. Say, I'm talking Saquon, about winning. I'm talking so, about winning. Now, yes, yesterday, you, you reel off, after you hang on, yeah. you reel off the last four or five years' record yes. in the same conversation with Saquon Barkley. Yes. What does Saquon Barkley have to do with the team? He's the, oh, I just what does Saquon Barkley have to do with the team? Is. 
Yeah, I know. So his production was also missing an entire year because of injury, and then the second, the year back from that injury not being very good. The point is they lose with him. I don't, you can't have him be the only reason to watch. I don't care about that. I don't care about the only the reason only to watch. Reason I don't care. Like I don't care. Okay. I want to win. I don't want him to be the only reason. If he's the only reason, the team's not any good. Don't you get that? I want a good team. I don't want to have the only reason to watch. Like I don't. I don't understand. I get, You're happy right, with I it. The, You're happy that Saquon Barkley's the only reason to watch. I get the team's not good. Yeah, but you get rid of the only thing that's working right now. Yeah, and there's nine games left. Right. That's what I not don't in, not at home. But you. yeah, they, oh, yeah but let's who cares? get a second or third round pick for the only second, thing. Yes. that has worked. Last year, yes, he gets hurt. Everybody's How can you say hurt. Daniel Jones didn't work? We he earned a $40 million dollar contract. Leonard Williams, uh, Chris, we yes. just got rid of Leonard Williams, right? Right. He's, he's good. And what did I tell you? What a move. Right? right. Saquon's a franchise tag. What a move. We got rid of him, ate the contract, big deal, $9 million, got a two and a what, a two and a five? Correct. I was happy about it. That kind of stuff I love. Okay. But you don't get rid of Saquon yes, on a franchise do. thing. You can tag him again next year. I don't. So I another know, year. What, what, how good are they going to be next year? And a lot of the fans. I want better players. About him. I, want, I want players that are going to be here long term. Saquon Barkley's oh, not going to be here long term. Why didn't they give him a contract this year? Why, if, he, if he's not in the plans for the future. I, do you agree that that's the running back position in general when you're looking around? The yeah, league? exactly. So I don't have to hold. Injured. I could dra- I could with that second overall pick. I could draft a young running back that's going to be with me. You got Gray, by the way. I, I know you don't even talk about. It. You just drafted Chris, a yeah. running back, right? You yeah. got Gray. He just couldn't catch a punt. But so your logic is a little bit skewed. They drafted that guy, right? Yeah, so in one you round. Have him there. You do have him. No, I understand that, and I understand, okay. I understand that, but. My my point is is I am not I'm not holding on to winning this season at the expense of building the team. I want picks to help build the team. This season is now dead. We watch it anyway. What are you going to do on Sunday? Not watch the games? Stop. You're going to watch the game. And if you're not going to watch the game, you're not going to watch it with Saquon Barkley either. Saquon Barkley is not going to change whether or not you watch or go to a football game just because you walk around your town and he's the most popular player. The most popular player of a team where seasons are dead year in and year out. I haven't watched a meaningful giant game in 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 December and January for all but one year over the last six. I wasn't glued to the TV to watch Saquon Barkley while they were terrible. Come gather round, children. Come watch the two and ten Giants and watch Saquon Barkley run the football. I don't remember that conversation. Like what are we? That's not. It's, it's not true. You're making it up. He's the best player. Fine, of course. Yes. You got a quarterback. You paid forty million dollars to. Clearly, you think something about him. No. Was he the Saquon Barkley? Was the only reason to watch last year? You, you had a quarterback who earned forty million dollars a year. Why are you paying a quarterback $40 million if he can't even give you something to watch without Saquon Barkley? I want 
assets. I want to build the team moving forward. This season's dead. I don't know what next year is, but if I can get a second-round pick as opposed to Saquon Barkley for one more year on the franchise tag, I think that helps the Giants long-term more. No matter how good he, he might be next year. That's my opinion. I understand yours. I get it. I, I, at least for next year in the franchise tag, I don't understand your opinion for the rest of this year. And he's the only thing to watch. That's If you want to tell me that you don't want to lose games and you're tired of, and John Mara doesn't want to lose any more games and there's something to be said about winning football games, it's an argument. You want to say, you know, you want Daniel Jones to improve. You want this offense to improve. You got a, a wide receiver in Hyatt you want to improve. So you want the offense to still be functional and, and hopefully still pretty good and, and can, you know, turn this thing around a little bit and actually maybe develop some of these other players. Fine. I guess that's an argument, too. I'm making arguments for you better than you do. Watch? Something to watch at 2-6? and six? Jersey sales? Halloween costumes. This is these are the arguments. I, I'm sorry. Uh, it's it's the second year of a rebuild, quickly becoming the first year of re- rebuild number two. The team stinks, and I'm not sure what the future is with Saquon Barkley. They chose not to give him a contract. They they could have given him a contract. But they realize the franchise tag is a better way to go about it. And next year, the franchise tag them, and then what? Then give them a contract in year number eight for a running back? I just don't see it. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Snap is low. Kick on its way. It's got the distance, and it is good! And Lawrence Tynes has done it again. He's kicked the Giants to the second Super Bowl in four years. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. So now you know what time it is. It's the days of avoiding candy. That's what these next two days are. It's doing your best to, to, to not eat the enormous amounts of leftover candy. Just today, walking in here. On the desk, in the uh, newsroom, an enormous pumpkin just full of candy. An enormous pumpkin. And now the kids are going to have candy forever, and my little guy doesn't even like candy. There's just going to be tons of candy all over the place. Uh, He doesn't eat sweets. It's amazing. I don't know why, but he doesn't really like candy. So there's going to be candy for days. And you're going to walk by. you got to put it in like the back closet somewhere. Maybe I'll bring it here and fill up, help fill up that enormous pumpkin. It's like a cauldron of candy. The candy cauldron. I thought they closed that place down. 877-337-6666. And speaking of kids, Daddy, why are you still on the potty? This is where I tell you what I'm doing instead of hanging with my children and I'm hiding in the bathroom from them so I can get five minutes apiece. And I actually ended up down the uh, the Matthew Perry wormhole, obviously. We didn't, I didn't really talk about it, but obviously big news is, you know, Matt, unfortunately and tragically, Matthew Perry of Friends and a million other things, too. And that's really where I got down the, the rabbit hole of watching all clips of him. He's hilarious. Uh, sad story of him passing away recently. Drowning in his hot tub, just terrible. 
a young man still. And obviously just one of the, I mean, that character is hilarious. I, I didn't love Friends. I loved Chandler. I liked Friends. I loved Chandler. He was far and away my favorite character. And for a while, like during the 90s, like he was actually the first real successful outside of Friends cast member. Like, eventually, Jennifer Aniston took over as the most successful. But, like, early on during it, he made, like, Fools Rush In with Selma Hayek. He was doing the whole nine yards with Bruce Willis. I mean, he was really the first one to emerge as a star. So I was on, I was watching uh, a bunch of stuff, and there's a movie with Matthew Perry and Chris Farley. I believe it's the last movie Chris Farley ever made called Almost Heroes. It's where they're, like, frontiermen. And ex and uh, trying to, you know, they're racing Lewis and Clark to discover America, really, or discover the Western Front. I don't know, whatever they're trying to discover. And it's overall a pretty bad movie, but there's, you know, he's funny in it. It's he plays the the obviously the the straight man to Farley's, you know, drunken buffoonery. But there's one scene where he gets sick, and you know. Um, the love interest tells him she needs the egg of an eagle to make Matthew Perry healthy again. And Chris Farley goes out to find an egg of an eagle and he climbs this massive tree and he takes the egg and the eagle comes down and he has to fight off the eagle and then he can't help himself but to fry the egg and make breakfast and he keeps going and the eagle keeps attacking him. I know that doesn't sound that funny, but you got to watch it. Chris Farley's hilarious. And so was Matthew Perry. It's a shame. Really, really sad. Really, really sad. Very funny. So I got I fell down the the Matthew Perry wormhole on uh, on YouTube, watching all the different clips, all the different one liners from Friends, all the different scenes from different movies he was in. It was very funny. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Joe in Boston. What's up, Joe? Hey. Uh, good morning. To you. Good morning. Uh, so I have this problem, this mockery with the Jets, and I'll try to make this quick. So the way I see it. There's four quarterbacks right now that can lead the Jets to a 10-7 record, a playoff berth, and there may be some magic or something that could happen. Are they good? No, but they're professional quarterbacks. There's Carson Wentz, there's Matt Ryan, there's McCoy, and there's Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the defense well, is going to get tired. They're going to they're going to fall apart at the end of the year. It can't go on like this. Why don't they take some of this magic that's now? And hire one of these guys and see what happens here. We need a professional quarterback. Yeah, some That's of the. Yeah, I mean, I think that ship has sailed now. I think the ship. Why though? Yeah. Why? Why well, four and three? Why? Why just? Why not just sign one of them? Well, I mean, I, some of the like. I, I don't. I don't think Matt Ryan is 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 legitimate. I don't know if he's interested in it. He's in the television booth. I, I don't know if he's someone you can actually get. Uh, Carson Wentz, you probably could get. And I'm not opposed to bringing him in, but it's no longer to, to supplant Zach Wilson because they're winning games. I know what you, those guys are on the couch for a reason. Like, that's why I'm willing to trade for Kirk Cousins. I'm willing to trade. I, I'm, I'd consider Tannehill. I, like, there was times, obviously, the trade deadline's passed, but I was willing to do things like that to bring in a guy I know can win, who's proven to win, who has played in championship games, who I, I feel much better about than Zach Wilson. The guys on the couch who are out of the NFL for a myriad of reasons, it's one thing when the season's falling apart and you need anything. There was a time for that. 
the New England after the New England game, I was game for all the names you just said because he was awful in that game. Like unbelievably bad. Could not throw the football. Guys open all over the place, couldn't pull the trigger. He looked terrible. After that game, I was open to the Carson Wentz. I was open to different guys coming in from outside the league. Hell, Matt Barkley, who the Giants signed and put on the practice squad, uh, put on the practice practice squad for now, uh, and and he might make the roster to be a legitimate backup as opposed to Tommy DeVito. But like Bart, anybody, like anybody, they went out and got Simeon. I was fine with that. Play Simeon. There was a point where it was anybody but Wilson. They've won some games. They've won three games in a row. He hasn't turned the ball over. He's made enough plays. As much as I can tell you, I don't think he's a great quarterback. He made two throws to put them down the field and get in field goal position. He did. He did. He did have one great drive against Kansas City and made a bunch of really nice back shoulder throws. I mean, that's pretty much where it ends, but those things did happen, and the Jets are now 4-3. and three. We're past the point of anybody but Zach. I was willing to make a move before the deadline for a legitimately talented quarterback who is not only better than Zach Wilson, but someone I believe could actually, you know, take the Jets to much higher heights. I don't know what those guys are. I have no problem bringing them into camp and making them a legitimate quarterback uh, backup, excuse me, because I've said that too. Like, I wish they would have made the trade for Dobbs that the Vikings did to give up, you know, to get uh, for a six-round pick to get Dobbs, I would have been in for that. Dobbs and a seven for a sixth, I would have absolutely been in for that. And I'm not even saying make him the starter. Bring him in, play him behind Zach. If you have to have him bring him into a game because Zach stinks or the offense is just stalled, I'm in for that. And then if he plays better, then there's a quarterback debate. I'm fine with that. I would have done something like that just to have a, comp- a capable quarterback because they're not going to boil. They haven't even put Simeon on the roster. It's Zach or nobody. I want an option if Zach plays like crap. Right now, they don't have one. So if you want to bring a Carson Wentz because you think he might be better than Boyle, work him out and make him the backup, I I guess I'm okay with that. I guess I'm okay with that. But ultimately, I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think that's something that needs to happen right now, someone off the couch. Like Dobbs was winning games in the NFL. Dobbs beat the Cowboys this year. Kyle in West Orange. What's up, Kyle? What's going on, man? Hey, listen, I, I understand your frustration with with uh, the Giants. and the, Well, I'm, I like the Jets when it comes to the two New York teams. Uh, but, uh, you know, to, to segue to another thing, you know what? I'm a little shaken. I'm a little messed up of this um, of uh, the Matthew Perry thing myself. Yeah. And I'm one year older than him, but, you know, He's those two movies you made, the whole nine yards and and when he, what he did with Selmy Hyatt. Yeah, he was Fools he's an excellent like number two guy to play against, and he was so funny. And it just shows yeah. you how we really don't know the 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 um the the whole understanding of addiction. I think we're getting better with it. Yeah, but you know, as understanding with it, well, but he was so deep into it. I didn't realize. Well, it how sounds it was like with him. it sounds like. I mean, there were no uh, illicit drugs at the house. There were no illegal drugs at the house, and I just saw a story on TMZ that they didn't find uh, some of the things he's been previously addicted to in his bloodstream. So I think he was on the on the uh, on a path to getting better. I know he was playing pickleball, 
um, a lot, and he was trying to get healthier. They found uh, some nicotine patches and nicotine uh, nicotine gum in his house, so I think he was trying to quit smoking. I, I don't think this was in the 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 midst of him being at his worst necessarily. So I, I don't we don't know all the 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 details, but I don't think I mean I know drowning your hot tub. I understand. But we don't know all the details yet. I I, I feel terrible for the guy, uh, and I feel yeah, terrible for his I family. I, and it did. It does. It does. You know. It's it's when someone like that, you got to and two like TV shows like that become, you know, part of the lexicon of of uh, of the country. Like it's just like Friends was so big. Seinfeld is so big. Those characters are so ingrained in us. Like we, you don't even have to be a big fan of the show. To know who Chandler Bing is, like I'm not even that big of a fan of the show. Like I, 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 I know exactly who he is. I know um, Kathleen Turner played his father turned mother. Like I know all. Like I know, and I didn't even watch the show, but you know it, and you know he 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 he, he uh, married um, what's her name's character. See, I, Courtney Cox, Monica. I see. I, I kind of know it. I forgot Monica. He married Monica. Like, I know all that. And I didn't even really watch the show, but I watched enough of it, and he was hilarious. And, I, and I'm telling you, Almost Heroes, it has its moments. It's a, Chris, it's a Chris Farley movie. I think it was the last, I don't know if it was that or Beverly Hills Ninja, one of the, the last movies Chris Farley ever made. But I'm telling you, there's a scene where he constantly fights this. It cracks me up every time I see it. I'm a sucker for a good Chris Farley bit. And him climbing that tree, and then the, the, the best part of the joke is, so he keeps climbing to get this eagle egg and he comes down and he can't help himself because he's Chris Farley and he's hungry and he's been on this expedition to find this thing and every time he gets to the bottom of the tree he cracks the egg open and has breakfast and he hates himself like he's just mad at himself every time that he keeps eating the egg so finally after going up to the nest I guess there's five eggs he eats the other four he fights off the eagle for the last time he takes it all the way back to the camp he gives it to the to the medicine woman who's going to help Matthew Perry and she cracks it open Right in front of him. And he's like, why did you do that? And she's like, all I needed was the shell. All I needed was the shell, she said. Sometimes it's tough to tell a joke or go over things when you're alone in this room. Because it's like, I have no idea if anybody... Probably not. Probably didn't. It didn't sound like anybody laughed out there. Maury and Belmore. What's up, Maury? Oh, thank you, Maury. Appreciate that. I don't know if right. you were faking it or not, but I appreciate it. I loved it. In a van down by the river. Oh, no. Chris Farley was the best. Man. Chris Farley was the best. Unfortunately, both of those. Uh, unfortunately, now looking at the picture, two tragic, untimely deaths. Very sad. Uh, I was lucky enough to uh, actually meet Robin Williams like 30 years ago. That, uh, you talk, that, one, that one messed me up. I, lo- was- I loved Robin Williams. Yeah. I absolutely adored Robin Williams. It was very, that was a really, really sad day, and especially the circumstances of, of Robin Williams. Let, let's not get too deep. Let's not get too dark here. Ten minutes left in the show till 5 o'clock oh, on a Wednesday. I, I want to keep it positive. So yes. How was your first day with the boys being home for Halloween? That had to be fun for you, yeah. right? No, yeah, it's great. Uh, typically, you're right. Uh, I've had a couple of weekend. I think it was like a Saturday, Sunday, the last like maybe three years or so before the pre. It doesn't matter. I've had some Halloween days with them uh, because it fell on the weekend recently over the last handful of years. But yes, to to be home uh, and to be able to, to do it with them. And again, my neighborhood does it great, and the boys love it. I had a, I had a ton of fun. I had a ton of fun. Now the some of the neighbors hand out you know adult drinks, so I wish I would have been able to partake more in that than having to come into work. But still, it was a very nice day. 
Yes, we do the same here. And it seems like everyone on the block knows I like Butterfingers. So I had like a case of Butterfingers on my steps. So right, I love nice. it. I used to trade the kids. I'm very for Butterfingers. Anyway, um, I was surprised that we didn't get rid of Barkley. But I do think that there's something to be said that mm-hmm. uh, having Barkley and Jones on the field at the same yeah. time is the most productive that you can get for the next few years out of this team as you rebuild is the only reason why I think they kept them, which doesn't make sense, plus the franchise. It is what it is. Yeah. I don't think we're going to go, you know, maybe we'll get two or three more wins, but we got to figure out how to build this team for the future. I love seeing the Knicks because I can't watch football right now. It mm-hmm. looked great last night. And then last but not least, why can't we all just get along? I'm heading down to Alabama Thursday morning to see Alabama LSU. they got to win this game and hang out with my boy. So I will be speaking to you over the weekend, my man. So all right, sounds good. More, are you there? I didn't cut you off. You hung up. And we won't be speaking over the weekend. Thankfully, I'm off on the weekend. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And that is that. The New York Knicks, the eighth-seeded New York Knicks, are one game away from the NBA Finals. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the Free Odyssey app. Get to the calls as quickly as possible. I do just want to say, Almost Heroes was his last full feature. Uh, Chris Farley, we were talking a little bit about Chris Farley and Almost Heroes with Matthew Perry. Uh, but his last film he worked on was Dirty Work, where he had the cameo as the the man with uh, that his nose got bit off. Tremendous. Everything Chris Farley did was great. Andrew in Cornwell. What's up, Andrew? Chris, how you doing? Good, uh, how are you? I, I just wanted to say, Almost Heroes was hilarious. It was a small cult classic, but yeah, Matthew Perry is absolutely funny in it. The yes. way him and Chris Farley match was hilarious. Hundred percent. It was. It's one of those movies where, if you when you, the first time you watch it, you probably end it and go, "Ah, that was dumb." And then you watch it three or four times, and then before you know it, you're like repeating lines to people. It's it's one of those <laughs> movies. It's it is it is it is very funny. It has its moments, and Chris Farley is just you know he's Chris Farley, and he's but great. and, and, and he's the, unfortunately like for uh, not to belittle not to take away from what Matthew Perry did in that movie, but Matthew Perry is kind of the straight man to Chris Farley's nonsense. You know, Chris Farley was obviously much bigger at the time. Yeah, and then even Eugene Levy had a part. Yeah, you, yeah Eugene Levy plays player. like, a, yeah, plays... Uh, the, the Frenchman. The Frenchman, right, exactly. Yeah, very funny. He won- yeah, very funny. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, get into my jet point. Looking back at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. obviously you you would you would like that they would be in a position to add, particularly obviously an offensive lineman. It's hard to get all, yes. good offensive linemen. It is one got moved. That's nowadays. it. Yeah, but uh, I, I'm surprised that they didn't move Carl Lawson, considering yeah. he wasn't he hasn't been in the rotation. You got these young guys like Jermaine Johnson, who's playing phenomenal. Yeah, but yeah. you, you could have gotten something. You know, particularly you know, drafted. I would have thought. I would have thought you could have got year. something for him. I know Cook's been terrible, but those are the two guys most people thought would get traded. Uh, and thank you for the call. I'm going rapid fire here, so I'm surprised neither of them got moved. Uh, Eddie and Rockland, what's up, Eddie? Hey, Mac, what's happening? You know, you guys are looking past the ownership. You know, the owners uh, picking coaches every two, three years. They're picking the GMs every two and three years. Yeah, these. These owners, for as long as even even John Mara, as long yeah. as they've been watching football, they really don't have no idea what they're looking at. Um, I don't disagree. John Mara, uh, 
Unfortunately, he's made some bad hires after have, after his father John Wellington Mar- passed let's away. Have, let's have John Mara on the air. Let's give him a football IQ and see if everybody's well, throwing, I mean, their, throwing their dollars down the drain yeah, I don't, when they're I don't, buying new uh, giant stuff. I don't know if it's football IQ necessarily. He hired, he hired some bad people, and really, I mean, ultimately, if it was... If you don't know Pat Shermer and well, that's Joe Dave, I think Dave coaches... Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, and you're I, John Barron, and you yeah. grew up on the football field, and you can't tell a coach, and you went through the Bill Parcells years and the uh, Belichick years, and you can't tell Joe Judge or Pat I, I mean, you got, not a head coach. I, you're in bad shape, brother. Well, I mean, listen, I think that's Gettleman more, probably as much as it is Mara, but I'll be honest with you. They get, have to sign off on Yeah, it, I know, but like I mean, but you, you mentioned... You, you have no offensive line. You mentioned Bill... Yeah, that, I agree with you, drafting a running back when you have no... The drafting of Barkley was the a, a terrible mistake. But um, you, you mentioned Bill Belichick. He's the one telling them Joe Judge is a good coach. Like, he, he came from Bill Belichick. So it's like you know that's they part of it that. too. They all, they all, right, well, all do that. I'm just, that. I'm just. All right, so I, I, I got to assume okay. Bill Belichick's What's lying Joe, to me. Joe judges, Joe judges on his staff now. What's their record oh, now? Oh no, no, no! Don't get me wrong. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you Joe Judge is a good head coach. I agree with you. I'm just saying well, so, well, that it's, it's easy to say. Like you mentioned, I'm just saying you're mentioning that they've been around coaches like Bill Belichick. Maybe they should have picked up something from him. And my point is, is he flat out told him Joe Judge was a good coach. That's all. I'm not saying it wasn't a mistake. It was a horrendous mistake. But let's be fair. Uh, maybe maybe you don't want to admit it. We all thought he was a good head coach. We all were fooled after that uh, press conference. And then we were all fooled after that first season. I thought they had the head coach. We were wrong. I thought they had the next head coach for the 10. Ta- I, was, I was locked on Joe Judge. We all were, if you're being honest with yourself. But then it became a failure, like everything else does. Thank you guys for calling. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate all of it. It's been a phenomenal five hours of yelling about Zach Wilson. I'll catch you tomorrow. Thank you, Fliegelman. Everybody, enjoy your Wednesday. We'll catch you tomorrow at 2 a.m.